The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Steven Schleicher here again on this weekend, depending on, again, when you're listening to the show. Last week we talked with Dr. Peter Coogan about the upcoming comic Comics Arts Conference being held uh, concurrently with the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, today we are going to talk with Milton Greep, who is the uh, president of ICV2.com. Many of you probably go to that site on a daily basis. He's also the coordinator for ICV2's Comics and Media Conference, which takes place the day before the conference begins. So for those of you who are going out to the show on uh, Wednesday and you're just waiting around for preview night to begin, if you want to kick in a, a, a little bit more uh, money, if there's still time, uh, you can check out uh, this day-long conference, which, Milton, can you, can you explain a little bit about what the co Comics and Media Conference is all about? Yeah, uh, just to clarify, it's a half-day conference, Wednesday okay. afternoon, 1 to 5. Um, and uh, the basic concept is that the uh, San Diego Comic-Con has turned into more than a Comic-Con in the sense that it's really about the nexus of comics with film, television, and video games. And uh, we've run conferences on graphic novels in the past, but have never done anything in San Diego. And uh, when the opportunity became available, we decided to concentrate on this Part that's made San Diego so exciting, which is the uh, coming together of comics with all these other media and um, how they work together to make more exciting entertainment. Now, I don't know, you've probably been doing this a lot longer than we have and, and following this a lot longer, but you know, it seems like San Diego has always been a place where uh, the movie studios and, and, and television companies come to show off their wares, even going so far back into the 1970s with George Lucas showing Star Wars at the San Diego Comic Con. But it seems like a lot more people in the in probably really the last four or five years have really started to take notice of of the media influence at Comic Con, and some people are saying, "Yeah, this is not such a good thing." Other people are saying, "This is a is a good thing." Which which side of the fence do you stand on with this? Well, I've gone to every Comic Con since 1980, mm -hmm. and um, so I've definitely seen seen the growth and the change. And I'm on the plus side of this. I think. Uh, the convention now is so exciting. When I walk from one end of the hall to the other, I uh, am constantly um, interested, amazed, um, uh, surprised uh, by uh, all the different um, elements of pop culture that come together there. And uh, I also think the convention has done a great job of sort of giving uh, each of those areas their own space and not allowing anyone to dominate. Yeah, films and television and video games are a big part of it now, but uh, comics are remain the core of the show and smaller categories like the designer toys and um, uh, the artists and um, Golden Age and uh, um, various other... And, uh, costumes, uh, right. those are all aspects of pop culture that they've done a great job of preserving and giving space to and not allowing the, the new elements to dominate the show to too great an extent. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that uh, as we've been talking about on the podcast and in past issues and up on the website, that there really is this need to kind of merge and blend things together. It seems Hollywood is going on a, 
on a crazy rampage right now, just trying to get as many comic properties either onto the small screen or into theaters for audiences to enjoy. And it seems like your conference kind of helps. I don't know. It seems like it's going to help a lot of people kind of spell out maybe a good direction to go or, or maybe clear things up a little bit. Yeah, we wanted to uh, do a conference that sort of stepped back from, you know, the huge uh, flow of news and announcements and stuff that comes out at San Diego and talk about what's going on in the business and the medium and the art form. And um, uh, so we wanted to create an environment where people in the business, creators uh, from all sides, from comics, from film, from television, from video games could come together and uh, in this great setting um, in association with Comic-Con, talk about where the business has come from, where the art forms come from and where it's where it's going and how best to take advantage of uh, this incredible interest in comics from Hollywood and uh, um, make it good for the comic business and for uh, the film and television and video game businesses as well. Well, I think you're kicking off the half-day conference really well because you're bringing in Jeff Loeb to give the keynote address, and he's somebody that has a huge background in comic books as a writer-producer for uh, television shows and movies. Uh, he's going to bring a unique uh, answer to a lot of people's questions, I'm sure. Yeah, we really wanted to, uh, for a keynote speaker, find someone that could bridge uh, the media, and meaning had experience in comics, also had experience in these other uh, categories. And uh, Jeff came from uh, film and television and started working in comics, and now over the last 10 years or so has gone back and forth and worked in both. And I think uh, there's nobody that um, could give us a better perspective on what's been going on over this period than him because not only you know has he participated as um, a writer in all these categories, but he's sort of lived this merging of the businesses because he crosses over between them in his career, you know, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from that, how, how does the rest of that day break out? I mean, you've, you said it's from what noon to five or one to five on one on... to five. And then, uh, so there's, uh, the next thing after the keynote, um, and they basically break down into hour blocks. The next okay. hour block after the keynote is, uh, our comics and media case studies. And we have two and, mm-hmm. um, one is Jeff Smith, uh, creator of bone, uh, talking about when to say no, uh, he's kind of an interesting situation because there's over 3 million bone graphic novels in print, but oh, there yeah. isn't a movie, which is kind of surprising. Um, but there are good reasons for that. And uh, Jeff's a guy who a lot of creators look up to because he has managed his career and his creations in a way that allows him to retain a lot of control mm-hmm. and yet has made him very, very successful. So. Mm-hmm. I think people will be interested in that. And then we have uh, Robert um, Venditti and Chris Darrow's. Uh, Venditti's a writer of the surrogates, and Chris Darrow's is the publisher of Top Shelf. And that's another amazing story, sort of at the other end of the spectrum, which is uh, how did the guy's first comic turn into a huge picture starring Bruce Willis? Yeah. And um, so that's an interesting story. We've got the case studies. And then the third one is um, comics and transmedia storytelling. Uh, transmedia storytelling really refers to this idea that you can take a narrative, a long narrative, and move it back and forth between different platforms. In this case, between comics and film, comics and TV and video games. And uh, we wanted to talk about this topic because one of the trends we've been seeing is that in the old days, um, 
comics used to they used to adapt movies or, t- or TV right. shows. They basically told the story in comic form. More recently, comics have been used for prequel or sequel or interstitial storylines that fit into a broader framework of story uh, that includes movies or TV shows. And uh, Lucasfilm really pioneered this with the way they kept the Star Wars narrative going between the movies. But mm-hmm. um, now everybody's doing it. It's a really big part of the business. So we wanted to talk about that phenomenon. Well, and is this, I mean, sometimes this works and sometimes this fails. And the, and the first thing that popped into my mind was Southland Tales, how, you know, coming off the success of Donnie Darko, everyone thought that Southland Tales was going to be this next big thing. And it started off as a, as a, essentially a three graphic novel prequel, which led into the movie. But a lot of people weren't aware of the comic book prequel. So going into the movie, they were really lost. Is that going to be discussed? I mean, not necessarily that particular example, but how to manage it, I, I guess, uh, uh, management well, yeah, how from to the manage creator it, perspective? Because different, di- different people get exposed to different parts of that storyline, and obviously the circulation of a comic is tiny compared to um, the number of people that might go to a movie or view a television show. So how do those things interact in ways that uh, satisfy the hardcore fan who wants to stay engaged with this uh, storyline in between the big peaks but also uh, doesn't make it impossible for people who only come in for the um, big media events uh, mm-hmm. to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the interesting thing about this, too, is that you know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are people who are uh, comic fans, comic readers. And we do have a, a few creators, and, and I know of one, at least one producer, or maybe two, who listen to the show as well. This is not necessarily a comic fan conference, right? No, it's really for um, people who are involved in some way. So that might be artists and writers, uh, people in the publishing business, people who come from the uh, film or television side. Um, We expect to have a big press contingent uh, to come in and uh, uh, report on what happens there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really for people uh, who are involved in the the business or in the creative process to get together and talk about it. that's a difference between the conference and the show and why there's a separate ticket because uh, we're trying to create an environment that's really uh, appropriate to talk about these business and creative issues uh, with other people who do that kind of thing. Now, there's essentially, uh, the date that this show is recorded, there's essentially a week and a half uh, before this conference takes place. Do you guys still have room for people to to sign up and, and uh, come to this if they're interested? Yeah, uh, there's... Tickets available, and uh, we'll be selling tickets right up until the day of the event. Uh, press can register right up until the day of the event, um, and uh, we're not expecting any space problems. Uh, so, uh, yeah, come on in. Well, it's probably kind of easy to kind of schedule this kind of event. I mean, most of the people are already there in San Diego uh, waiting for the show to begin. The real big stuff doesn't kick off until about two hours after your uh, conference closes, so there's got to be a lot of people just kicking back at the pool or, or hanging out. Uh, so it's got to be fairly easy to schedule something like this. Yes, or is that true or not? Well, I think uh, we had a, bit, a little bit of a late start this year because um, we're still setting things up with San Diego. We hope that next year we can give a longer lead time. So I think the only issue is, you know, people, um, when, when they plan to get there. But if they plan to get there on Wednesday to be there a little bit ahead of time, uh, yeah, it's very easy um, to take part. Uh, from our point of view, finding panelists and speakers, um, San Diego is such a huge show, and there's so many professionals there that that is um, uh, there's a big group to choose from. Mm-hmm. 
what is, I guess, from your perspective, uh, being someone who's watched this throughout the years and change and evolve and grow, what are some high points of the way you think comics and, and media have converged right? And, and do you have some ideas of ones that maybe not have gone as smoothly as they possibly could? Well, uh, there's certainly examples in all directions. You know, there's things where the uh, comics have done, I mean, Watchmen's one example, obviously, where you've got the book selling a million copies Mm -hmm. during the year in which the um, movie sort of builds up and comes out. Um, That's a very, uh, you know, simple example. The movie's based very closely on the graphic novel, and um, so there's a very close tie there. Um, in other cases, uh, you know, the goals are uh, not always just selling one book. Sometimes they're to add to the storyline or to um, uh, involve the, the core for a period of time. So uh, those kind of numbers are, are sort of once in a generation mm-hmm. kind of example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but even something like... Uh, Star Trek, which you don't normally think of as a comic property. Right. Um, I think, uh, you know, the comic has done fairly well. And interestingly, the digital version of the comic has done even better in terms of copies sold than the um, uh, physical copies. Uh, so that's a uh, an example. Transformers, uh, you know, where they had uh, content, also another comic from IDW, where they had content that... Um, uh, leads into and follows the movie. I think that's a successful example. Uh, Dynamite, another of our speakers, you know, they've got um, uh, something like Lone Ranger, which they sort of resurrected and put good talent on, and all of a sudden it's uh, successful. But but these are all different different scales. You know, on our um, main panel, we got uh, Oni, where you know they've got a couple movies that are coming out soon. Right. Uh, other things, uh, you know, they. There are a lot more deals out there than there are movies or television shows. So mm-hmm. um, there's certainly a lot of examples where people start down that road and aren't able to complete it. Um, so in both directions, I think there's varying degrees of success. And uh, that's one of the things we want to talk about, what makes things successful and and what uh, what are the obstacles. Is, is it a surprise then that, again, we mentioned over the last couple of years that it just seems like Hollywood is really... I mean, you can't almost open up Variety or the Hollywood Reporter anymore without seeing at least one or two stories that are relating to, to comic books being adapted into movies or television shows. You know, 10 years ago, it was all about, you know, the hardback novel, you know, the, the latest thriller from this author or that author. Is is there a reasoning behind suddenly looking at uh, comic books as a hot property? Well, uh, this sort of goes to this, uh, the final session, which is comics after Hollywood and talking about how both businesses have changed as a result of this interest. And I think, um, a couple of aspects, a couple of the, we have some very interesting speakers on the comics after Hollywood and Mm -hmm. without identifying names, a couple of uh, comments that came out of our uh, preliminary discussions leading up to this uh, panel are appropriate here. One, um, Somebody made the comment to us that the businesses have really merged now. That the idea that there's a single, that there's a comic business or a, um, a movie business uh, separate from each other is no longer the case because the development process can incorporate both. Wherever the property starts from, it can, can incorporate both. So cer- certain aspects of the movie and television and video game business are sort of merging with comics, and people are starting comics with the idea they're going to become these other things, or they're starting movies with the idea that yeah, we're going to do comics as part of the building the storyline. And um, so the businesses have kind of merged. I think another concept uh, that uh, someone 
communicated to me was that um, the reason the comics are so successful is that the visual component of the medium makes it so easy to visualize what a movie or a TV or video game are going to look like. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, beyond the novel, you know, where somebody might read a novel and get a picture in their head of what they think the movie or television show might look like, with a comic book, you can just look at the page and it's right there. And that's one of the reasons the comics have been so successful as source material and um, as a way to extend the storylines from these other media. One of the things that you kind of mentioned that this this symbiotic relationship uh, really exists now. One of the things that ICV2 is, is really well known for is your monthly breakdown of what comic books have, have sold, how many issues and so on. And we were discussing a little bit before the show that is this another month that's gone by where there's not been 100,000 issues sold of the top seller? Uh, well, no, on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, so I haven't seen those yet. Diamond okay. started putting out some of their information, but uh, the, the full information doesn't come out till Monday. So we'll see then. I think, you know, we've got a recession on and prices are up. And I think that um, hurts circulation. But the real bottom line is that uh, comics, like all entertainment businesses, are a hit-driven business. If there's right. great content people have to have, they're going to go out and buy it. And we've just been in a little lull the last month or two. Um, uh, well, how does know, uh, successes come and go? How does how does that though then tie into this relationship of, of comic books and movies? One would think that you know a hit movie like, and we you you've already mentioned it with Watchmen with the million uh, issues sold. But one would think like a hit movie like Iron Man would skyrocket. Uh, sales of the Invincible Iron Man or Iron Man titles from Marvel, and, and really you could fill in any other Batman with Dark Knight and Superman and so on, would skyrocket these past, you know, the half million, million dollar mark. Is there a reason why this isn't happening? I mean, this well, is kind of your professional um, opinion. I think uh, that's one of the things we're going to talk about in this uh, transmedia storytelling panel, and that's why we've got the graphic novel buyer from Barnes & Noble and uh, a expert librarian who sees the trends in circulation. And because um, there are big differences in the impact of other media on comic sales and interesting comics. And, uh, you know, I've got some theories about why that is, but I'm interested in seeing what the um, panelists have to say about that as well. Mm-hmm. And because uh, you do see that extremely wide variation and uh, a tiny movie, uh, you know, something from a few years back like Ghost World, which you know, had a very minor box office, but um Fanographics ended up selling 100,000 copies plus of the graphic novel during the period that the um, movie was out there. Well, that's not that much different from the people that saw the movie. In other cases, you know, the number of people that see the movie is 100 or 1,000 times more than the number of people that buy the comic. So um, that kind of variability is a very interesting phenomenon. I'm sure comic publishers want to know and creators want to know why that is. And I think there are some common characteristics of the ones that are successful in driving comic sales versus the ones that are less so, and uh, so we'll be talking about those. Okay, do you want to maybe share one of those theories now, give maybe well, people a sneak peek? Just, just looking at the two examples we had, you know, of, of Watchmen or Ghost World versus um, Iron Man, I think uh, in both of the first two cases, the storyline of the movie was very, very closely tied to a single book. Mm-hmm. And with something like Iron Man, it's more about the mythos. Right. And, you know, if you looked at the Marvel backlist or the mar- uh, graphic novels or the uh, comic titles that are coming out, what do they specifically have to do with the storyline in the movie? And the answer is, well, there's a common character, there's a common milieu, there's a common, um, there's a lot of common elements, but you can't really point to it and say, well, this is where the movie came from. 
that's why, uh, you know, like Frank Miller's movies uh, like 300 uh, or Sin City have been so successful at driving sales as well. Because you can look at the movie on the screen and say, okay, I know where this came from. I can point to this page in the book and, and mm-hmm. see where uh, where the connection is. So it sounds like then maybe the one-shots or the limited series tend to have a biz- bigger success for the comic book than than something like Superman, which has been around for 70-plus years. Yeah, or Batman. You know, I think last year we did see a couple of titles that uh, picked primarily Joker-related because of the strength of that character in the movie that picked up sales around the time The Dark Knight came out. But if you look at Batman, I don't know how many books DC has in print, 100, 100 yeah. of yeah. Batman trade paperbacks in print, mm-hmm. uh, plus the monthly comics coming out. You know, somebody walking into a store that maybe wasn't familiar, where, where do they start? They, they, it's just hard to make that connection. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Milton, I want to thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, today with the uh, with the conference that's coming up? Uh, how do people uh, register for the event if they're interested in attending? Uh, well, uh, they can go to our site and uh, we'll have ads running uh, or they can just search conference on our site and uh, click through that. And um, there's also a link on the uh, Comic-Con page that takes you to the registration area and uh so very easy to do that. Press just need to uh, contact me at conferences at icb2.com, and um, uh, we'll get you in. Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to this conference and some of the news that's coming out. You had mentioned that you're hoping that a lot of press uh, comes. Are you planning on putting any media up on your site or on other sites or, or, or even letting major spoilers uh, run some audio from this conference that, that people would be interested in? Uh, people can definitely, uh, press can definitely record there, and... Um, if you want to put it up on their sites, that's fine. Uh, we do generally report on events, but the truth of the matter is we're generally so busy putting on the conference that we <laughs> yeah. get scooped on our own conference. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like the graphic novel conference we ran in February, some of the best coverage was coming out of the conference as it was going on. You know, people were live blogging or right, tweeting. Right. And, um, you know, by the time we get our stuff packed up from the conference, it's really, <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Milton, so much. Milton Greep from IVC2.com. Go check it out. It's a site that at least we check out at least once a day uh, because they have some good coverage over there as well. And uh, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen to another issue of the Major Spoilers podcast. We'll be back next time because we know that you love comics, and we do too. Take care of yourself. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page Would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Think about a better way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge chance? Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah 
What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Star Raven reads like a man of iron. Might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, wow, 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 what a major spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.